0: and we're live uh welcome back to and pixels i'm tyler dj here and uh, we've got a really exciting show for you guys lined up today. It is my favorite game of all time. If you haven't picked that up, listening to the show already, we're talking Bloodborne. And to uh, join us to this evening, we've got uh, Mark Gregory's back and uh, a good friend of his, Ian McCammack. Uh Guys, how are you?
1: Doing well. Thanks Doing for well, having me on here. Yep. Yeah, of course. We're I'm excited. In Ian's sentiment.
0: <laughs> well, um, yeah, no, we just, uh, we had this, a bit of an experience lately um where I've been a long-time fan of the game and I feel like we talk about it all the time. So I was wanting to do an episode about it. Um and then DJ just recently played it for the first time and we, we did a co-op playthrough. So I had a first um uh, this being my first like dedicated co-op playthrough and then his first time touching the game. And we thought, hey what the heck, let's uh let's chat about it. So um I tell you what, before we get started though, uh pores and pixels, let's talk our pores for the evening and as tradition has it our guests go first ian since you've never been on what you drinking tonight man uh, i'm gonna be boring i'm drinking water that's okay it's still the work day for us here <laughs> in the states what about you mark
1: uh i am on a uh a corona and not the virus the killer virus that's been going around <laughs> I'm just on there. Uh, corona a wedge of lime yeah there we go yeah sorry <laughs> <Man>, would have been <laughs> struck thanks man no um
0: uh, i i appreciate that I, I had um we had a mexican restaurant like three times in the last like four days and every time i've gone in there i've been like give me the biggest Modelo that you have with a slice <laughs> of lime and yeah. someone gave me like a 36 ounce draft beer the other day it was the biggest glass
2: mug i've ever seen outside of the boot from germany dj yeah, you remember the uh, what's that place in uh, in Georgia? We were, so it was San Jose, and they give you like the like sixty ounce draft of beer, and it was always like Corona or like Landshark Lager. It was like one of the two, and it was only like four bucks. It was it was like a lot of Is that beer. bigger than a
1: Stein, like a, a German. Stein no, it was a, a
2: really big draft like cup, like probably stood like thirteen, fourteen inches tall, and it was just full to the brim. Of, like, that logger, and it it was dangerous. <laughs> they like four dollars? Yeah, it was only like four or five bucks. It was super cheap. They had to have oh, been losing kidding. money on that. It must have been watered down. Like, <laughs> yeah, was, they own. had to so, have been losing money on that. that makes no mean, sense. And you get off work and you want some cheap beer and you eat a lot of it, and it was like, what, a mile away from where we worked at? It wasn't very far. Yeah,
0: Michelob Ultra has an entire market carved out on people who just want to drink water that looks and kind of <laughs> tastes like beer. So, yeah, Oktoberfest as well, isn't like it? it. So, what did you say, Mark? It's nearly
1: Oktoberfest as well. So in in Germany, they have like Oktoberfest, and us Brits loving to drink the way that we do, we've kind of adopted it as well. So
0: yeah, like that's a thing I would like local local make it over to local beers everywhere, basically. God, yeah, I need to make it over there at some point before before i i kick the bucket it is a, a real life Oktoberfest. that would be a blast yeah. um dj what about you man what's your drinking today
2: well i've been on a uh three-notch brewing company kick so today i have big slice juicy ipa it is i don't even know what is it 7.8 percent. wow actually it's kind of surprised because this goes down like water um this is gonna be dangerous i'm probably gonna drink these tonight too uh but these are really good. This, this company, everything I've had from them has been really solid. It's probably probably my favorite beer in Virginia. This beer alone probably gets, I'm going to go an 8.3, which I believe is the highest I've rated beer. This it is, is the best yeah. one I've had on the podcast. It's
0: the arbitrary scale.
2: Yeah, Listen, it, it's all made up. Everything's made up. Who gives a shit, right? I'm like whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds solid though.
0: And that's another, is that a hazy? It's a juicy. Which What's I, the difference? I don't know. I really don't care either. Yeah, it's it's fruity beer. Um, Cool. Well, I am uh, because we're talking about one of my favorite games. I pulled out one of my favorite bottles, and so uh, no one else can see this, but for you gentlemen, we're having the uh, this is a Calumet 15 year um, Kentucky straight bourbon that I think came out in 2020, and I've just been babying it since then.
2: So, um, did you say Calumet?
0: Yeah, that's weird. Calumet. not my word. It's gotta man. Be. It might be French, but it's definitely in Kentucky. So, oh, that's powerful. Anyway, uh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Guys. But um, cool. So I tell you what, DJ. Why don't you kick it off and kind of um, just talk to us about like what was your? How would you describe your first experience with Bloodborne?
2: So, Bloodborne was different for me because I played the first Souls game I ever played was with you, Tyler, and it was Dark Souls Three. And it, you had to beg me to get it, I didn't, I didn't, it's, it's like, it's like drinking beer for your first time. Like it's disgusting, but like once you develop the taste for it, right, you kind of want to go all in. Yeah, that's my don't like first experience with a solo exactly. game. My, you first, say <laughs> my first experience solo in that game was not like a good time. Like I did not have fun whatsoever. Yeah. IMX Gundir has entered the chat. DJ said yeah. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it took me like a day and a half to beat that guy. Yeah. You're like, you can't do multiplayer till you beat him. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but <laughs> whatever. After that, I had a blast playing the game. I think we played through the game can twice. I, can I ask you, just
1: can I stop you there? Yeah, what yeah. was the dopamine hit like after you beat him though?
2: It was good. I will say that the dopamine hit after beating Pontiff by myself for the first time though was like Ian's so good. I like I try play. to beat Pontiff for three days, three full days, and my wife watched me go into like mental depression as I was getting my ass handed <laughs> to me by Pontiff so many times. But as soon as I figured it out and I beat him, like I had a moment, where, like probably the first time ever playing video games, where I like, stood up out of my chair and was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like right, that, Pontiff, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay,
3: man, yeah,
1: style. Like, yeah. Yeah. After and the that, best like, too is
3: like when you can feel it. It's like, it's like I beat that guy because I learned his shit and I used the fundamentals against him, right? That's like, it's so satisfying. You Um, know, the
0: one for me that like where that happened and it like sticks out in my head is uh, actually from um, Sekiro or Sekiro, however you say it. The first time that you fight, um, oh God, I'm not even gonna be able to remember his name.
1: Oh, right. Yes, fight,
0: it's Genichiro at the top of the tower. Yeah, man. Yeah. So it's the second fight with him, right? When you have to learn his shit or you're not passing. Like, do not collect go. Do you know do you, you're not going not, anywhere? Not this pass. is a hard stop. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I remember like finally beating him, and like the time that I beat him was like almost a, a no hit fight. And I was just like, Yes! Like, oh, that felt good. And then from then on, I'm like, I don't care who who am I fighting? Let's go. Who is it gonna be? And then they oh, hand yeah. you, they hand you yeah. the sword saying, and you're like, "Oh, the <laughs> 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 guy's got a gun. This is bullshit."
3: <laughs> right. The, <laughs> the sound, sound of the Glock. So I can't remember if that before
1: right? or after the Guardian ape. Yeah, it's the very end. Yeah, oh, it's the very end. Wow, okay.
2: But when, I it's real. when I first played Bloodborne, um, with Tyler, he told even he told us while we were playing Dark Souls three, and this was years ago. He was like, "No, Bloodborne's the best one. Uh, Bloodborne's the best one." He, he mentioned at least one time every time we played it, like every night we played together. Be like, well, Bloodborne's yeah. better. If you guys
0: like this game, Bloodborne's way better. You should buy a PlayStation. Yeah. I know.
2: I know none of you guys have Playstations, but uh, <laughs> Bloodborne is better. So what I do, I caved under pressure, and I bought a PS5. And I got Bloodborne, and we played through it for probably what a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, probably about two weeks. Yeah, yeah, around there. And Bloodborne going in fresh, even though I've you know, recently become in the last couple of years, a, like a born guy. Um, something, there's something about Bloodborne where I just wanted to keep going. Where Dark Souls 3, where I'd play by myself and get my ass whooped, I'd shut it off and go take a fucking walk or go do something, something, something else, right? But Bloodborne, it didn't feel as grindy. Like in DS3, you go back and you grind to get Souls and whatnot. But uh Bloodborne didn't feel like that for me. It felt... It's faster-paced, which I enjoyed, and uh, the parry system alone was amazing because in Dark Souls 3, I could never parry. I sucked at it. But in Bloodborne, like, every opportunity that I could, I was shooting that gun, and I was trying to get a parry off, you know? Like, I I love... uh, Bloodborne is my favorite one now,
0: for sure. For for you guys, uh, I'm curious. Like, what kind of sets Bloodborne apart from some of the other Souls games in your mind? Like, what are some of your... um... More favorite elements of that game that maybe don't exist in some of the others.
1: I'm not sure it's Ian's favorite, is it? The conversations that we've had. In the it's past. not. But okay. Uh, well, thanks for calling me
3: out there. No, no, nice. no, 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 I was no, 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 Slip no, no, by on no, no, drinks water.
2: He doesn't like but, Bloodborne as much as the other ones. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What, what am I even doing here, right? Uh, yeah. But
3: but but at the same time, um, when I think of the sort of distinctive uh, FromSoft properties, you know, I think of of Dark Souls, Sekiro, and Bloodborne as being, you know, sort of the divisions, right? Even Elden Ring is basically just Dark, Dark Souls, Souls 3 in the open world, right? Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, so so they have this whole line that sort of inherited, it, it inherits the legacy of Demon Souls, but I think Dark Souls was the one that, you know, put it on the map, really refined yep. it. It was the the defining, the genre-defining game. Um What's interesting about Bloodborne is the ways, I think, that it does distinguish itself. Uh, where Where Dark Souls is uh, plotting and methodical, uh, it has, you know, very sort of ponderous combat. Um, Bloodborne is all about, uh, you know, getting in there, being vicious, being visceral, being fast, and really aggressive. Um, and it handles that in a completely different... Because Sekiro is about that, too, in a certain mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it handles it very differently... Uh, than than Sekiro. So when I think of the things that set it apart mechanically, um, I think of uh, uh, particularly the sort of I can't remember what they what they call it, but the sort of blood back system, the rally Alley system, mechanic. yeah, 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 mm-hmm. um, that really encourages you to. You know, in Dark Souls, when you when you take a hit, you like really have to like sort of step back, back and, off, and parrying shield, and, like, you know, what's happening yeah, to me yeah, right yeah. now. In <laughs> um, Bloodborne's like, don't do that. Don't. You know, get right back in there. You have yeah. this opportunity to uh, uh, to recover right away, uh, which I think is really brilliant for encouraging that uh, uh, that distinctive fast paced, uh, visceral gameplay. Um, to me, that's the most defining uh, distinction uh, uh, of Bloodborne from a gameplay level. And then obviously you have um, this real embrace of uh, the gothic horror uh, elements, and uh, you know I, I would say cosmic horror as well. Except I think I, I think the cosmic horror is actually pretty well represented in in Dark Souls as well. So I'm not sure that that, that sort of that those sort of qualities of human insignificance and whatnot are distinguishing in in bloodborne but they definitely have this gothic uh you know werewolves and vampires thing going on that i think uh, sets it apart really nicely and lends itself to this victorian setting that's so
1: iconic so
0: yeah mark what about you man you have any thoughts around that it's all
1: about the insight system for me it, it's um the, uh, the the narrative threads that you can that, that it weaves through that world and the way that it sets and the way that it sets things up um especially after you've killed rom and then the world has changed uh, uh, and then you can still go up and down your insight levels with that and then the world changes with that is just to, to me as somebody who's quite a systems driven designer it's it's um it's like it's like chef kiss stuff really it's, it's a really yeah. under, underappreciated system which is why like ian helped me and me and ian worked together with necropolis when we were concepting that basically and. As you guys know, that that's something that we were uh, that that inspired us in, in that. So yeah, definitely the insight system is something that sets it apart. Something that I'd like to I'd like to see them uh, using other games going forward. You know, these other types of narrative systems that they can weave into their worlds.
0: Yeah, I think it's so interesting to think about the insight system. N- not even really from a gameplay perspective, but like like you said, it's it's a storytelling mechanic that they um like you, you might not you, you could miss it is is the point. Like it's none of it's you know really out there and obvious and it's it's uh I can't think of another game, at least in the Souls category, right, where they have any system that's like that. Like I mean in Dark Souls three, I mean you can hollow, but that doesn't change really anything other than how your character looks. And I don't, I mean, Demon Souls had the whole, like, hey, if you die, there's consequences, but that's still not really changing the narrative, per se. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting point. And um, Ian, to your point about the, the rally system, if I had to put my finger on one thing that makes Bloodborne combat, to me, like the peak of Souls combat, um, even though I did love Sekiro, uh, I think it's amazing, but just the fact that it's only one weapon, I think inevitably kind of dries out for me eventually um that rally system like you said i mean just encourages you to get back in there and slap that guy in the head you know what i mean like he's not going to bully you go get your health back and uh that that that's something that like you don't maybe you don't notice that in the first two hours that you play if you're brand new to the game you're like man this is hard but eventually you're like oh wait a minute like i i think that like you know maybe i don't have to chug every time i can just get back in there and and slap these folks
2: around Force yeah, you are. To get close. You told me about
1: forces it. Forces you to do. Sorry, sorry, did
2: you? Okay, yeah, sorry. Um, you told me about the rally system, and we were in that little house. And but before that, I I was you know fighting, and then when I would lose them a little bit of health, I'd you know back up, and you know chug a little bit. But then like like no, dude, just like keep going, like keep fighting, and like you'll get some health back, and like that was, it was almost difficult to do that, like to adjust to because in, I was so used to Dark Souls three where like. I get my ass whooped for a second. I'm like, oh, I got back up and run away like a little girl. But in Bloodborne, it's like, no, dude, get in there, you know, whoop some ass, take some names, like get some of your health back. Because the only reason I beat a couple of those bosses is because they hit me hard and I just hit them back harder. And like that little aspect of the game, like it was like the X factor we talk about in like certain games, like it has had it. And like, I loved Getting slapped in the face in that game, and then just going back and no, nah, here's, here's <laughs> me more. Boy, you bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Mark, what were you saying? I was just saying it, it, it
1: inherently goes against uh, how our gamer brains are engaged. Whereas we take damage and we retreat, and and it forces you to go forwards um, to to stay in the fight, essentially.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. It, it's such a it's such a break from like your. Um, your normal yeah i mean like gamer brains probably i mean the only way really to say it but in every other if you're a souls veteran if you played all of them and not bloodborne like the second that you take a hit like ian was saying like you're like oh let me rethink this let me go back hit the estus real flat you know real fast maybe get my shield up and we'll see what happens like bloodborne has a shield in the game and it's a joke like you know what i mean like they put that one wooden shield in the game in the base game and it, it you'll get killed using that so I think its yeah, description you know
1: even sure. says it's pretty much useless as well. Yeah, it? no, Item does. description, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Yeah.
3: You know, it, 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 it's an interesting point uh, uh, um, that you just made about uh, um, you know the gamer brain, but specifically the gamer brain since the dominance of of Souls games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I think if you go prior to Dark Souls, well, you know, there it draws on a tradition of this like read tells and respond accordingly and make space. Um, prior to Dark Souls, you're still in sort of the God of War, Dynasty Warriors, uh, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. So, so those are very aggressive games, button-mashy games. Dark Souls comes in and it sort of recalibrates everybody's expectation of what a third-person action game is. Um, all of a sudden, it's, it's, uh, it's slower, it's more contemplative, like you say, it really instills this this idea of, of retreat uh, when you take damage into you. And then both Bloodborne and Sekiro come in, and in very different ways, uh, they undermine that. So FromSoft comes in, they influence the discourse, and then they say, you know, and when, and when everybody's like, oh, this is the future of games, they're like, no, this is just one avenue, mm-hmm. right? And here's Bloodborne to, to show you that this philosophy can work in, an entirely different combat paradigm right um the, the the key is not just the mechanical difference it's the thematic difference right like uh acting like bloodborne in dark souls world which is just so much more austere and restrained in in a lot of ways it wouldn't fit and then you bring it into this uh this world with with werewolves and vampires and and th- this this faction of hunters and all of a sudden this more visceral uh, uh, forward-driven combat makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, and it kind of pulls from, from, you know, games like, I mean, even going so far back as Doom, right? Where, you know, if you want to stay alive, you keep moving, right? Yeah, you're, you're um, and then, you yeah. know, in more contemporary terms, you have, like, control, where you're literally getting health uh, uh, by running around the arena and killing people and, and, uh, and the new iterations of Doom and stuff like that. So it's just interesting to see how these games fit into you know, whatever the, the current paradigm of, of how we think about third-person action games actually is.
0: Yeah, something that's actually interesting that you bring that up um, with Doom. And I mean, DJ and I just started playing uh, Vermintide 2. I'd never oh. touched it before.
2: Yeah, so I, I've so for like
0: three days and I can't put it down now. Mm-hmm. But like it's one of those things where it's just like rip and tear really is the best way for me to describe. Like what do you do? Like you're just shredding. For as long as you can go before you go down, in the fact I don't know, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, that combat system it, just be aggressive, like, go. Yeah. And I mean, there's some strategy to it for sure, but
2: um, it's a lawnmower simulator. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is, hordes come, you start swinging, you don't stop swinging until they stop coming. That's what oh, it is, it, a lawnmower so simulator, like harvesting grain, yeah, just yeah like, exactly oh, you cop- put <laughs> everywhere. And yeah, yeah. they should um, just add a scythe to that game and just it was called a day. <laughs>
0: It, it, so, Ian, something that you brought up kind of about Bloodborne and Sekiro that I think is interesting to think about is that um in Bloodborne, obviously, they had the rally system to encourage you to really be aggressive and get in there and hit people, get your health back or whatever. But in Sekiro, instead of giving you your health back, they put in that posture system. And it's like, listen, if you take a break, this guy's going to recover. But if yeah. you can keep hammering him and keep on him, you'll break him for big damage, right? So instead of, hey, you get health back, it's more like, hey, you're about to catch like a big Break, and that was—I mean, hell, in, in Sekiro, you had—that was the only way to really kill stuff—is—is is to break posture and get those. I forget oh, yeah. what they were called, but like the finishing move, um, kind of stab things in there. So it's interesting to see maybe what an evolution of that rally system almost was. Like, it, it's not the same thing, but you can tell maybe the, the, the design was, principles there.
3: I'd love to see more of Sek- Sekiro's uh, uh, posture system, just, just its ideas. I would love to yeah. see them expanded more. I was really hopeful that we'd see them expanded more in, um, Elden, Ring. Uh, in Elden Ring, but they just sort of went back to the same. And I'm, I'm pretty iffy on the, uh, especially the later iterations of the poise systems in the Souls games. Like, um you know, Dark Souls 1 is pretty rudimentary like once you figure it out you can sort of click it but uh, as you get sort of further on and with Dark Souls 3 and Elden Ring it becomes a little difficult to tell when you're going to stagger someone so like Sekiro having that posture bar right there you know exactly when they're going to be yeah. uh, vulnerable you can really work that into your strategy I love it no, I I think I with Elden with Ring
2: though they just wanted to play it safe because this was like the first like major like open world type from Soft game like it's sure. Dark Souls Open world, right? So they probably wanted to play it a little safe, which is actually kind of goes against like the from soft like formula of games.
0: Well, I would say in some ways they didn't play it safe, right? Because it's open world compared to these super tight, you know, really really well put together spaces. So like yeah, the, the world design is way a, different.
1: As a budget though, like when you're adding in that horse combat now, and uh, uh, you've got enemies that can ride. Uh, Steeds as well in there. It, it 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 takes on a whole different production pipeline. That's a that's another team by itself, like, focus for the whole three years of development. You know, it's a it's a big it's a big chunk of a, a undertaking by itself. And you when you add a system like that in on top of it, you know, never mind going deeper on the um, on the systems that they kind of already know that they've got checked off. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because with open world games it becomes more expectation doesn't it yeah and um with the um with the repost system from uh sekiro uh like what you were saying before it's very it's very thematical to the japanese sort of samurai way isn't it you know yeah again it plays into the thematics of the uh of where the game was set as well so
0: there was a variation of that that was pretty well done in uh ghost of tsushima in like some of the more like lethal combat uh difficulties and, and uh yeah fun, i would yeah, agree yeah, with it it know, fits perfectly
1: did Tashima come before or after Sekiro? Uh, after yeah, right. Sekiro. Did it? Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of uh, like weapons and things like that, uh, let's uh, let's go around the room. What is what's everyone's favorite trick weapon in Bloodborne? And Ian, I'll start with you.
3: Ah oh, man. Well, this is this is definitely gonna out me as the as the guy who's like uh, playing Bloodborne but prefers Dark Souls. It's got to be Ludwig's Holy Blade. Um, yeah. Okay. And I can't, I can't say confidently whether that's like, oh, you know, I have like a really well thought out playstyle explanation for that, or if it's just like, I was just so happy to have the Moonlight Greatsword in,
2: mm-hmm.
3: in Dark Souls or in Bloodborne. Um, so I have to give my vote to that one.
2: I, I can I, second that. Uh, Ludwig's Holy Blade uh, is the weapon I used 98% of the time in Bloodborne.
0: It's okay because you're new to the game. He used the Holy Moonlight Sword. You used Ludwig's Holy Blade.
2: No, I used, used Ludwig's Holy Blade.
0: was a steel great sword, and the other one's made out of, out of literal magic. Not the same weapon. You did are I correct. Don't... I think Ian called it by something. Ah, did I miss? I, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's I called the record. Holy Moonlight Sword in that game. The Holy Moonlight Sword. I don't judge, though, because they changed the name in every game. Oh, I appreciate and, that. And, yeah, It's all over the place. Um, I think the interesting thing about... Uh, that weapon, in in the Souls universe, right? Is it makes no sense that it's in every game, but none of us care. We all are super excited to find that weapon every time that it pops up in a game, right?
3: It predates Souls 2. I'm pretty sure it goes back to to um, uh, King, Kingsfield. I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. Like back into the deep, the deep cuts of uh, of, of Fromsoft from yeah, like the PlayStation me. days. Like, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. What,
2: what was that game you just said?
3: Uh,
2: Kingsfield.
3: Was that this their first is, title? That uh, wasn't their first title. No, I I, I don't believe. I mean, they, they had a bunch uh, sort of back in the day, but Kingsfield was sort of the franchise that that came before. It was the dark fantasy franchise that sort of prefigured Demon Souls. Mm, okay. Um, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty dated. Like it's hard to go back to it. Um, it's sort of a it's a first person dungeon crawler, but it has the sort of tell reading mechanics sort of built in. But if I don't know if if you're fond of retro gaming, the one to play, in my opinion, is Kingsfield Four. Uh, There's a
2: lot of games that FromSoft has made before yeah. Demon Souls. <laughs> oh, yeah, that I'm There's just nobody about right now.
3: <laughs> a couple of great survival horror titles that I'd love to mm-hmm. see them revisit, including Echo Knight and uh, Kuon. Yeah, um, Kuon is like a, <laughs> is like a, a, a feudal Japanese survival horror game, like old school, like Silent Hill style survival horror, and uh, they're just sitting on this IP. I'd love to see them bring some. I mean, Sounds I mean to really see cool. what they've done with Bloodborne and and that vein of horror, um, and just the the design ingenuity that you see in something like Sekiro's sword fighting system. I mean, imagine what what that sort of imagination could bring to serve, like proper survival horror. That that really excites me.
2: Yeah, that does That's sound actually really. let to cool. give a little quick history lesson, since I just found out, From Software's first game ever was King's Field came out December 16th, 1994. Wow, dude. I was (laughs) was three.
0: I was potty training at that point, yeah.
2: There there was like 20 (laughs) games before Demon's Souls, which until now I thought Demon's Souls was the first like FromSoft game. Yeah. Uh, Did you never play Armored Core or anything like that? I
0: didn't touch Armored Core, but it was one of those things where like I might have played it at my buddy's house and died in 13 seconds and been like, Jesus Christ, those things look cool, but that's way too hard. They might um, be
3: bringing it back, is the rumor. That's what uh, I've heard. Might be on the way.
0: Yeah, that's what so. I've heard. Um, I, I to, like to jump back over to the Holy Moonlight Sword. I, I think the way that they introduced that weapon in the DLC, because it wasn't in the base game for Bloodborne, it showed up in the Old Hunters DLC, and the like way that you get it has to be one of the coolest boss fights ever. From like the lore perspective, um, to seeing Ludwig fused with a horse, and then like. Watching him go from like beast to like upstanding knight after he finds the Holy Moonlight Sword and like the orchestra swell, and it, it's just it literally is perfect. And the fact that you get the Holy Moonlight Sword at the end of that fight is uh, one of the best parts of that game for sure. That's a that's a great weapon.
1: His VO at the end kills me as well, personally. Like which one? Uh, Ludwig's VO, like asking you, did did, yeah. they, did they survive or did they become beasts and, right. and asking which way the battle turned, you know and I think I he asked something
0: then. about like, did they keep their dignity or something? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, well, I can lie to him, mm-hmm. or you know, and it it changes because if you're wearing church hunter garb, he talks to you like you're one of the hunters of the church, and if he doesn't, or if you don't, then I think he just asks you if the hunters turned out to be, I don't know, the radiant beacon of light that he they- always thought that they would be, or something.
1: They do that a few times, don't they? When you have to wear the church garb, when you come across the, or oh, who's the NPC that you can bring back to cathedral?
0: The nun, Adela.
1: The, the, the Adela, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to wear a specific outfit to get her to come back as well, don't you?
0: Yep. It's pretty neat. But that's that's like some of the stuff that like you you'd have no idea on a blind playthrough, like no clue.
2: No, I didn't. You, I didn't know until you fucking told me. Like, <laughs> no. told like, oh, by the way, I saw it. I think yeah. on a fighting cowboy walkthrough, you know, when so, I was getting uh, my ass kicked the first time I ever played the game. So yeah. So, so Mark, mm-hmm. what is your your uh, your trick weapon of choice? I think we asked you that last episode, but yeah, uh, I'm, time I'm to a explain basic that. bitch
1: saw so cleaver for myself. It gives me range and it allows me to be aggressive and getting close, and it's quick. Like
0: it's very fast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and then when I start putting blood tension into it and whatnot, and it it just yeah, I'm I'm basic in that way (laughs) it's like a like i think i'd refer to it as a swiss i mean after the last time we were on it kind of does everything so
0: i am also basic and i would have probably said i think all time still if i could only pick one it's the soul spear because i always go skill and it happens to scale a little bit better with skill but i just played most of the playthrough that dj and i did with the church pick which is another one of the dlc weapons but that thing has literally Every damage type innately built into it. So when you use it transformed, it gets, it does only thrust damage so that it's better against like Ken type enemies, right? But it also gets a serrated bonus. And I want to say it's called like holy damage. It's the other hidden uh, damage type where it does uh, additional damage against like what it considers to be like fiends or evil creatures. And there's only, like, maybe three or four of those in the game. But, like, every single damage type this weapon has built into it, which is bizarre. Like, it usually you see really, really good weapon balancing, I feel like, in FromSoft games. And this particular weapon, for whatever reason, they were just like, yeah, let them have all of it. That's fine. <laughs> um, Fuck yeah, why not? It's ridiculous. Like, it's so good. It, the, if you could use one weapon for an entire playthrough and be optimized, like, it can do everything.
2: You said that's a DLC weapon, right?
0: It is. Yeah, it it's, is. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. It's, it's called the Church Pick, and it's found in the uh, the cells. Right after you kill Ludwig and you go into that dark tunnel, there's like a bunch of locked cells in there. You have to play through it a little further, and you get a key inside one of the research hall lab areas, and you can come back there and unlock it, and you have to fight a hunter. And if you kill that guy, you take his weapon, and it's the Church Pick, and it's really good.
2: I still do have a soft spot
1: because... for the Kirkhammer. After it helped me get through Cathedral Ward when I was struggling against the the Church Giants, yeah, well, like my very first playthrough, like the Kirkhammer really helped me get through there, especially with like its big, heavy attacks. When you would sneak up behind them and just that extra bit of damage you could put on them, just made you feel a little bit more like, okay, I can actually do this. I'm, I'm yeah. actually getting somewhere with this, you know.
0: Right. I hate that weapon personally yeah 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 it's so slow uh, so bloodborne for me is a game that i try and play at like a thousand miles a minute you know what i mean like i'm a blades of mercy kind of guy a lot of times where i'll just be like whatever's the fastest swinging thing that's what i want to use um which i think is why i love the salt spear so much because those the salt cleaver and the spear both when they're like in their short form so fast but yeah um i tell you what the Let's talk uh let's talk through some of the boss design stuff. I, I think it's well, interesting. Hold up, here. hold up, hold up. What's up?
2: You can talk about my favorite trick weapon. <laughs> no, it's true, because I corrected you. Talk to me about that. Uh it's I'm not gonna say it now because or you know, I said it wrong or somebody said it wrong, who gives a shit. But Lowry's Holy is the reason yeah, I beat the game. But I will say that towards the end and we we're going through the DLC, the Worldly Saw definitely oh, needs so to be weird. talked about because it is amazing. In every yeah. single aspect, an actual weed whacker, and it's fantastic. I love that weapon.
0: Yeah, it's it's like
2: a pizza cutter or a, yeah, weed eater essentially. Who were we fighting? Who is the guy we fighting? We were both doing the this, the the motion oh. where it ends the entire time, and we were just destroying him. Yeah, both of us.
0: Actually, might get a kick out of this if you've played the DLC. So a lot of people think that Lawrence. Uh, is like one of the hardest bosses because he just hits like a truck and has like 8,000 health or something stupid. Right. But we co-opted and both of us were running like strength builds and we were both using the Whirligig song. And so we figured out that if you both walk, like if, if each of us would pick a leg and walk at it while doing the the transformed L2 where he just holds it out in front of him and buzzes things, it broke the AI. So like Lawrence couldn't figure out who to grab and he kept just pivoting with his arms open. And we, we beat the boss in like two minutes. Yeah, like we literally just burned, his, burned him down until our stamina was gone and then would stop and he'd take like two swings at us and then we'd go do it again and he couldn't figure out who to grab. So it was just like, I mean, it, it took one of the hardest bosses in the game and trivialized it. It yeah, was really fun. It was
2: it's what we call in the, uh, the gaming world, the poop hole loophole. Um, we destroyed that dude with like no apologies at all.
0: Yeah. Well, so now that we've had a chance to talk about that, yeah, let's, let's chat through some of the bosses on. And what I am curious to to hear is compared to other from soft games, where do you feel like the boss design in Bloodborne ranks? Like, what are some of your favorites? Which ones do you really hate? Uh, and then if you had to say like, where do you feel like it, it ranks in, in the pantheon of other from games? Literally anyone,
1: yeah, start. I the so okay, yeah, just give us the hot take. Just uh, the all hot the
3: I actually, I, I I, I'm actually not a huge fan of Bloodborne's boss design overall. Um, compared to uh Souls games, there are exceptions. I think the Father Gascoigne fight is great. Um, I love uh Souls uh bosses in general where you are squared off in a duel against, uh, a humanoid, uh, that to me is where their combat, uh, shines. Um, and so, uh, things like, uh, uh Father Gascoigne, uh, Lady Maria, you know, they I- I- evoke, uh, some of my favorite boss fights from the other game, things like Artorias or Sister Frida, right? Um,
0: dude, I have to know, stop uh, you really fast. Yeah. I did a I did a um a soul level forty, which is not a big thing. I know people do like soul level four runs, but I was trying to get like an optimized build put together really early. I ended up fighting Frida at level forty in Dark Souls three, and I want you to know it was one of the worst experiences <laughs> I've ever had. It was <laughs> so hard
3: because she just will hit, oh, she'll yeah.
0: just two shot you, and you know how fast oh. she is.
3: But ah, oh, come on. You love you you love it. Just getting yeah. mommy dommed by the, the worst dude. <laughs> my sister Frida. So hard. Anyway, um, I'm sorry to derail you. No, no problem. Um, you know, so so uh, uh, yeah, so so when looking at Bloodborne and, and it's a lot of big uh, flaily enemies, um, not so much my cup of tea. Um, but if I had to point to my absolute favorite, I already mentioned Gascoigne and Lady Maria. But my absolute favorite in Bloodborne, and again, it's one of these humanoid duels. It's got to be the Orphan of Cause. Mm-hmm. I think the that's, Orphan that was, of Cause that was mine. is, is that an was gonna incredible be mine. boss fight. Um, so, so yeah, uh, uh, you know, that's sort of my my <laughs> my hot take on the on the boss design overall. Um, I don't think but anyone me, would
0: disagree with you about about the ones that you picked. I think you picked out some highlight boss fights there. Like, I think the ones you named as favorites are all really good.
3: Oh, well, I, I appreciate that for sure. I, I, I like to qualify my, my, <laughs> my hot take with like, okay, well, I, you know, come on, I'm not that far out of left field. But, you, you know, for me, so for me, uh, uh, Bloodborne, you know, ranks uh, relatively low. But the, I mean, the the standout for me by a large margin, above all the other ones, and I say this as someone for whom Dark Souls One is probably my favorite of the Souls-born mm-hmm. games, the FromSoft games across the board. But I'd have to give the boss design to Sekiro. Um, yeah. To me, that's just head and it's just head and shoulders above almost anything else I can think of. Uh, uh, the way the boss design complements the mechanics and vice versa, you know, really, really uh, uh, goes uh, goes well for me personally
0: so i think that's a i think that's a totally i mean it's it's a completely valid take on i think the i'm trying to think if there's anything in sekiro that i hated and it was probably just the headless enemies
3: i'm not a big fan of the bull but again humanoid duel right the blazing bull doesn't really fit that paradigm and it's difficult to manage with the tools that they give you it's very similar to in Elden ring there are some bosses, particularly uh, the the ulcerated tree spirits, of which there are like fifty thousand in the I game. Hate those things. Yeah, um, you know, uh, uh, those are very bloodborny in my opinion. Um, but they but they force you to fight them a in broom closets most of the time, <laughs> yep. and b with a Dark Souls move set. Um, yep. It doesn't always work. Now, there are exceptions. In, in Sekiro, I think you could argue that the, uh, uh, you know, the Demon of Hatred is a Dark Souls boss, that they force you to fight with, with Sekiro mechanics. But I actually think they give you the tools to, you know, to do that correctly. So, you know, that there's, there's brutal, gray areas though. for sure, but...
0: That fight's brutal. Um, it's, Guardian it's Ape it, yeah. was one of my favorite uh, Sekiro fights. And, and the one, one where you have to do it, the... the, the uh, the pair of them in the oh, cave and <laughs> afterwards you're like oh well, I already beat this guy this won't be bad and then you're like wait there's there's more than one <laughs> well uh-huh.
2: I went
3: into that fight blind so I was yeah.
0: not expecting
3: the <laughs> the headless variation of... the second stage <laughs> and they give right? you they give <laughs> you the like enemy vanquished and everything and you're like feeling good I'm talking trash to this thing and, <laughs> and then it gets back up I was like
0: oh <laughs> Yep, And you're going back to the start. Um yeah, no that that's uh Sekiro does have some really great boss design, but I I think um uh, you know what, I'll hold my thoughts for now. Mark, what do, what do you think about the Bloodborne uh bosses?
1: Um I kind of have to echo what Ian says really a, a lot of them uh from a visual perspective, they 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 fit in with the with the world and the and the lovecraftian themes that they're going for later on in the the game, but some of them are just um Quite egregious, like dark, dark beast. Pal is just a slog to get through yep. first first time that you play it, and then uh like Roms pretty boring.
0: Roms pretty a boring. terrible boss, dude. I was <laughs> going to say the same thing.
1: The, the Witch of Hemwick. Yeah. I think I think even my nana, God bless her, could probably beat her first time round. You know,
0: <laughs> it reminded <laughs> me of the Penwheel boss.
1: Yeah. Uh, but but the one that intimidated me the most from like an intimidation factor was like strangely was like the one reborn. Like it's just okay. ginormous. It's just huge, isn't it? From from like a visual perspective as well. It's this amalgamation of like you, you can't describe what it is. Can it's you just really? nightmare goo, dude. It's, it's just disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like birthed from the, the moon, and it's like to me that's pure cosmic horror like dread when i can't even describe to you like what it is fully like i can only give you like flashes of descriptions as to as to what it is so uh from a pure pure visual perspective but the fight was trash like totally, totally yeah trash. it's not hard
0: it's one of those things where you run around it's it, uh it's got that similar thing up top like how tower knight does in demon souls where you got to go kill all the people above you shooting stuff at you and then it's a pretty easy fight after that
1: yeah, my best, my best fight though is a blood starve beast. I enjoyed that just because yes. it, was, it, it was just as aggressive as as you are, you know. Yep. And, and you could lure it in with blood, blood. What's the you can throw uh, down uh, the cocktail, the blood cocktail.
0: Yeah, pungent blood cocktail. Blood, pungent
1: blood cocktails, and you can lure it in. So again, it's like systems, you know, that like, mm-hmm. intermingling with each other. Again, it's like attracted to to something that that it should be attracted to from a law perspective. So. Right.
0: That boss is the one that taught me to parry. I couldn't beat him, and I just had to figure out the parry timing because I could mm-hmm. not, I couldn't fight him straight up. Yeah. DJ, what about you in your uh, playthrough? Um, what was like the standout boss that you loved, and which one did you think was just hot garbage?
2: Oh man, so it's hard to, it's hard to narrow that down. Um, say the ones that like, stood out for me the most were. The orphan, which Ian mentioned, that whole boss fight—I loved every single agonizing second of it because he hits hard and fast, and like there's—it's—it's it's just uh, like panic the entire boss fight is just panic, like because you never get like a second to breathe, and that was very—it's fulfilling to to beat that guy because he's so he's so hard. Um, the one that another one that hasn't been—I don't think it's been mentioned yet. I don't know. Um, uh, Murgo's wetners. Mm. Uh that one I had a really good time. It wasn't super difficult, um, but I think the boss design itself was really good. I think Vibe. The, yeah, yeah. The boss looked like, excellent. The character artists whoever made that were like on top of their game because like it is terrifying looking.
0: <laughs> Dude, that thing would be the best teammate in Vermintide.
2: Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actual <laughs> lawnmower. <laughs> yep. Let me just do the whole lawnmower.
0: Like... <laughs> <laughs> um what about you T. What about you? Um I think Rom is probably my least favorite. I think. I mean, you you do fight him again later in the chalice dungeons, and he's even worse because he's still just like a you know, just a slob boss, but he's got magic and it will one shot you in in the chalice dungeon. Um but he eats I don't know. There's a lot of bosses that I like for like the lore. Um Kind of like what Mark was saying earlier. There's so many bosses where like the fight itself kind of fits into the world, and they're really cool. Um, I think um, Vicar Amelia is one of those that stands out for me. That has like oh, this amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. intro, right, where she's she's saying her prayer, and then all of a sudden her skin explodes, and like it, you know, now that you've got this crazy horrific looking beast in front of you. And that that's like one of the first big you know beast enemies. If you don't hit cleric beast, which turns out it's optional. And she's the first one that you really have to fight. That's a, a large beast enemy, and uh, I, I think that's a fun one from a lore perspective. But my favorite boss fight in that game is probably—it's probably Ludwig. I think that that fight is like a character alone. that you hear.
1: What's up? The music alone—that's oh, incredible. It's yeah.
0: absolutely incredible. And that that whole like intro at the beginning, where like. It, they're trying to you know explain and the guy's like you know help us Ludwig, like the accursed is coming and he's all he, you know it's just deformed like he's like the worst thing that you could imagine someone being like an upstanding church hunter would have ever wanted to become mm-hmm. um you know and then that first like half the fight or whatever it's it's pure chaos It it's bestial brutality right like it's every time you fight him that he starts off with that crazy charge and you know like from there on it's it's kind of like how the pontiff fight is actually like as you approach he's coming at you 100 miles a minute right there at the beginning and you know like oh shit like this is this is on like this guy's going to be aggressive but the thing that i love about the the ludwig fight is the duality of it where like after you take him down to halfway right it's like the sword drops out in front of him and all of a sudden for a half a second he becomes that you know, dignified knight again. And he's like, oh, like, I, I used to stand for something. Like, let me hold this sword one more time and, and you know, try and be that person again. Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, the music swell and all the stuff I talked about earlier. But I, I think that that boss fight is one of the most, like, just amazing video game encounters that I've had ever. It's definitely um, the
2: best cinematic, I think, in Bloodborne is that, that second phase transformation where it grabs a sword and the music and the dialogue and the that whole that's thing. It's all- incredible absolutely it's incredible it really is
0: to get back to the um the orphan thing though because i think orphan is probably like you know when you talk about hardest souls born bosses everyone talks about orphan being in you know top five i love that fight like i think that that beginning phase where he like slowly stalks you around the beach kind of like a horror villain until he decides to jump at you and be a crazy person uh And then phase two, when he sprouts the wings and turns into the flying shrimp man, right? Like, it's just, like, it's horrifying. There's no way around it. You have to – my strategy always is run out in the ocean because I think his lightning attack originates from the shore, and that will one-shot you. So, like, it gives me enough time to be like, all right, well, where do I need to go to not get hit by that? Um, And then, yeah, they just never had more fun getting beaten to death with a placenta before. So, it's – it's awful, dude. Like said that. I forgot he about said that. It, <laughs> <laughs> it tests it your
3: fundamentals too. That's that's what I I that's what I was talking about before. You know, the the thing that really gives me the high, right? Is is when you're really tested on your fundamentals and you can just master them and you really feel like you've accomplished something, like you've learned something.
0: Yeah. So it's fantastic. No, it's it's crazy. I, I'm I'm tempted to take a little bit of a left-hand turn here and just ask you guys from a Soulsborne boss perspective like, which ones do you guys feel like are the hardest? Like, if you had to pick, like, two or three across the series, like, which ones do you feel like are real bastards? Like, if you're just like, oh, not this again. You know, let's go to Marco this time.
2: He's in deep thought over there. Yeah,
1: shit. Um, <laughs> probably, definitely Cos. Uh, Lady Butterfly gave me a lot of trouble. Okay. Like, a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, Cos Butterfly oh man i'm making my dark souls knowledge seem really bad here because it's not that great um probably probably ludwig as well because because it took me so long to 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 nail him down as well
0: yeah Um, was a tough fight
1: yeah granted i'm not the biggest dark souls player so compared to like obviously so
0: Mm. ian what about you
1: yeah
3: well i'll tell you what um I can't remember what level I fought her at, but Frida definitely kicked my ass so up and hard, down dude. that church. So um, you, it's another one. You really need to learn her moves because there's no real way to, uh, to cheese it, right? Yeah.
0: Um,
3: so is, that, that first,
0: is that the first three-phase Souls fight?
2: Maybe. I think well, it is. is DLC, right?
0: It's the Dark Souls 3 DLC, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah I remember that one. That oh, one sucked. <laughs> that's, a, that's another one that I, that I was not,
3: I, I went in completely blind to, so at, at each level <laughs>
2: I was like, yes! No!
1: Got it. Yes! No! Yeah.
3: And then, yeah, by the time you get to Black, Fra- Black Flame Frida, she's like, you know. Uh... So that, that was a tough one for me. Uh, Demon of Hatred, I spent uh, quite a while on Owl's mm-hmm. Father as well, it was probably like a night and a half uh, for me. Um, my very first like brick wall that I hit in uh a Dark Souls game was in the first one. It was it was Ornstein and Smo. Mm. They 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 really uh gave me it gave mm. me and then and then later on uh uh the four kings was another big wall for me.
0: I'm trying to what is so, the four which one is is that Dark Souls two?
3: That's Dark Souls one down in New Londo. It's the they're like these wraiths Wait isn't it all black in that
0: yeah. yeah dude that fight sucks god I, it's I, I really hard that. to like gauge
3: depth in uh, in no, the I'm abyss stuck, man and then if you're not fast enough all of a sudden you're like fighting five of the four kings yeah. <laughs> yeah, happening to me right now yeah. um so that one that one uh 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 definitely hit hard uh uh two two i thought was pretty rough uh uh, uh in plays as well uh um uh, what is her name? Nashandra, the final boss of two. She, she gave me some
0: trouble. Yeah, well, she's, so. she was tough. I've only played two one time all the way through and I struggled to remember it. Cause I was like, I was just trying to grind through the first two. Cause I, I had played Dark Souls three a bunch and all the other ones, but I'd never played Dark Souls one and two and my buddy let me borrow them. So I played them like back to back and Dark Souls two wow. feels like it's like a hundred hours long, even though it's not. Um, yeah, I think
3: I sunk about 120 into that. God, <laughs> It was a, it was a long game though.
2: Um. Souls two is the one I was told not to use not, or not to play. Uh oh, now you're said you said it. You form your own opinion on it. Yeah, you yeah. should play <laughs> it.
3: People people shit on it, but uh, but I think I think it's a pretty shallow reading of the game. To uh, I had to fun with it the way people do. Yeah, well you know people talk about like oh all you fight are dudes in armor, which is first of all not true, and second of all that's kind of like that's saying awesome. oh all you fight all you fight in Bloodborne is monsters. It's like there's so many different dudes in armor that you could possibly fight, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll go out on a, on a limb here and say that, that for my money, Dark Souls 2 has the most sophisticated story of any of the FromSoft games. Um, mm. it's, just, it's just really, it's a, it's a really complex exploration of repetition and cycles and how people interface with them, so.
2: I'll check yeah, it out. I, I have a lot of love for it, so. Let didn't mean to trigger um, you on that comment there. I apologize. <laughs> hey, any opportunity I was to for jump you in guys and defend I Dark Souls 2?
1: Ian will go off on that. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, fair warning, by the way. Dark Souls 2 is his favorite. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Just dudes <laughs> in armor.
1: That's all I ever say to him. So, um, yeah. Oh,
2: man. Well, shit. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the lore of bloodborne because um, in, in my experience like the the lore in bloodborne was a lot for me is easier to follow because i was more interested in it than like dark souls 3 i couldn't tell you what dark souls 3 was about and i played that game through like four or five times i can't it wasn't it didn't grab me for the lore i played for like the game you know the gameplay itself but bloodborne like the lore is top notch in my book i mean i was all about you know when they're talking about like, the old blood and talking about Getting adding eyeballs to their brains so they could become like higher beings like the lore in Bloodborne I think was just super interesting and because it had that um who's the author Lovecraft you know the Lovecrafty like architecture too like the lore uh well what do, what do you guys think about where where does the lore in Dark Souls or uh, Bloodborne compare to the other like FromSoft games
0: I'll, I'll keep it short and just say that if you compare it. To other FromSoft games. I think it's my favorite. But I think it's my favorite because it's what I've heard explained the best. I do think that Dark Souls has some really cool lore to it. If you dive into it. Especially Dark Souls 3. Like I really loved Mm -hmm. the ending uh, of Dark Souls 3. If you include the DLC. And like the fight with Gale. Oh my god. Collecting (laughs) the Dark Soul to paint a new world. And all that. Like, Like That was an amazing amazing story to follow and kind of see wrap up but i think base game bloodborne is really really cool and i my favorite part of it honestly is how they take game systems and then like fit it into the world and so the thing that jumps out to me is the chalice dungeons which is not something that a lot of people spend time in but like there's this whole area in the game that you can go and play and explore and it feels like something different from the base game and that's supposed to be like where these tomb hunters or you know explorers went and found the old blood to begin with. The they Fumarian, call it the tomb of it. the old gods. The What's
1: Fumarian, I think the Fum- Fumarians came from yeah. there. They? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's that one, and then there's and that's the. That's where they um, found Mergo, didn't they, down there? I think.
0: Uh, Abritus is the one I think that, that was the one oh, that yeah. they found down there. Is Abr-
1: yeah. Yeah, it was Abritus. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, I I love the fact that like they tie this whole like pres- well I think it. Was it procedurally generated? There's a part of were, it that is.
1: The chalice dungeons are procedurally generated. But they
0: were finite, which I thought was pretty interesting because they there were only so many of them. But anyway, um I that was one of my favorite things, is just the fact that they were able to like weave that whole like system into the story of like why would you be going down there anyway? Why would you be exploring this place? It's not just another mode so you can grind and play. But yeah, what are y'all's thoughts?
1: Uh, Ian's the narrative king. Uh, I, I'll, uh, yeah, so
3: I, I mean, I already outed myself as thinking that Dark Souls 2 has the best narrative of the FromSoft games, but I do want to qualify that by saying that uh, uh, FromSoft's narrative has been consistently strong in every single game that I've ever played, even predating the Miyazaki days. Mm. Um, they've always prioritized uh, rich, complex narratives with. Fully realized 3D, you know, three-dimensional worlds and characters, um, and they're really good. Your your point about the Chalice Dungeons is great. I think because they really um, they really prioritize uh, putting a narrative wrapper on every aspect of of the game. It really makes it feel real. You know, in Dark Souls, souls aren't just something, some random gamey collectible that you're getting. This is something that has a presence in the world. Other people want them too they can take them from you you know in certain circumstances and i think that that's really really great um bloodborne i think what sets bloodborne apart you know the dark souls is very mythic in its uh, in its storytelling mm-hmm. it's driven a lot by these big themes of of failure and repetition and insignificance uh bloodborne i think is much more plot driven um, it's it's all about the, the, the internal politics of the world uh, revolving around this discovery of the old blood, in particular, and the different factions and what they yes. want out of it. Conflict-driven, um, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that... Science I, I, I meets, think... like, science and religion like against well science and knowledge going against each other essentially you know small yeah. faith. And you faith cane, than, the canehursts yeah, who like yeah. represent like old money <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, other yeah. major
3: four science religion and old money like yeah. those are the those are the three now now the one the one thing i will i, I will say this is again not to not to lay on the the takes too too thickly here um but something that i i don't here discussed about you know you know bloodborne is often described as being a a, 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 like a pillar cosmic horror uh uh uh, title and it and how it focuses on the insignificant of insignificance of humanity and this and that and the other thing but like i mentioned earlier i actually think it's more of a gothic horror it's more about you know you know evil is in the heart of man and the, the the humans in bloodborne are not actually particularly insignificant they do things that have serious consequences um you know what Bergenworth did to the fishing village is one awesome. you know prime example yep. um and so you wind up with this ironic thing where uh uh Bloodborne the supposed cosmic horror story is actually more of a humanist story I think than Dark Souls which is really about A completely uncaring world where human beings really have no ability Mm -hmm. to make uh uh um you know any sort of ingress as far as having a real effect and any any inkling of control over their own fate that they can get is a huge victory um so I i think that's an it's an interesting thing so you can really see the cosmic horror in dark souls and then in in Bloodborne, despite its cosmic horror wrapper, it has this this more uh, more humanist
1: approach.
0: That's an interesting um, take. I was gonna ask, like, do you feel like the reason that Bloodborne gets maybe all the praise for cosmic horror is just because it's like very in your face with the, like, there oh, yeah. there are tentacles, and you do go from fighting things that you know, oh, this is gonna be me fighting. It's like Van Van Helsing at the beginning. To like, you know, when you're standing in the arena with like say Amaldala, and you're like, what the hell is that thing? Like, where do I hit it at? I
3: think that's absolutely true, and and I don't want to underplay the the, the masterful deployment right of these cosmic horror signifiers in Bloodborne. Um, I think they do it really well, and it's it's almost cheeky the way they they conceal this um, you know very humanistic story underneath the cosmic horror wrapper, and then vice versa with Dark Souls, where you know high fantasy is often a very humanistic genre, and yet this is you know incredibly nihilistic. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that i don't mean to, to call them out or anything um you know but i think we all know it's, it's sort of common knowledge now that uh from is heavily heavily influenced by berserk mm, right yes i think berserk uh uh manipulates those themes in a really in a really similar way um and so insofar as FromSoft you know bites a lot of berserk stuff um they you know they 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 I guess you. what I'm saying is they managed to sort of keep that philosophy alive, which I think is good. I mean, you could just sort of rip off Berserk and have it not be good. But if you're influenced by Berserk and you really understand the thematic meat of that, yeah. I think that's in those games in a way, you know, I think that's what grips people, right? It's just a fascinating narrative philosophy to explore fantasy and science fiction, cosmic horror through.
0: Yeah, agreed. Mark, what uh what are kind of your thoughts around the the lore? I know you said earlier that you're in love with the insight system and to mm. me that that is one of the things that kind of gives Bloodborne part of it. it's like hey, this is cosmic horror. Like your character actually has some mechanical way for you to be able to tell like what you can and can't comprehend. But I'm I'm curious about what your thoughts are around it.
1: Um I think Sekiro is probably the easiest to understand. Uh, mm-hmm. Um Bloodborne has a <laughs> you feel like you know where it's going and then like the the first half of the game is like victorian and then i, I feel like the second half of it goes uh deeper into like the, the the unknown regions and i i personally like love the themes of like humanity going too far like we got too greedy we, we mm-hmm. probed we probed and prodded too much and delved too know, deep we tw- yeah and we, we paid a consequence for that as yeah. humans always do we're terrible for that we're, we're too uh explorative in our nature aren't we you know uh, a lot lot of the time and that's where a lot of these themes come from with these it's what Cosmic Horror is built on isn't it basically so
0: yeah no that's interesting Um, I think that's a good point I think like lore wise and tying it back into mechanics to one of the cool things about Bloodborne and one of the like the moment that you know like oh like I don't know if I should have done that is like right after you kill Rom you know what I mean? And it's like, you, you keep reading about how, like, the the spider conceals, you know, whatever's going on, right? And it's like, oh, okay, and you end up fighting him and he dies, and now all of a sudden, it's like, there's a blood moon, there's spider monsters crawling on all the buildings, like, things are really going to shit now, what's happening? Um more like a and-
1: butterfly, Ram, is to me. Looks more like a, a cocoon yeah, yeah, yeah. waiting to sprout, you know, and it hasn't quite formed yet, like, so even then, you're wondering. Then is this is this the bit that I've been reading about, like in the notes and whatnot? Yeah. Or you, you you begin to even wonder then, don't you? Like, and then when you first see, like you said, the amygdala like, what in the fuck have I done?
0: Yeah, <laughs> what like what, what I did done? I do? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I think that that's one of those times, yeah, where you're just like, oh god. Um, but yeah. So you know, from what I'm hearing today, I think the game was was really you know special and important in its own way to everyone um i do think that like there are some areas where for the people who are big hardcore fanboys like myself like where it's sometimes you maybe don't see the faults in the game or like where they could have done things better um i personally think boss design is pretty weak compared to some of the other FromSoft games i think that there are other games that do it better more consistently i think dark souls 3 has a lot of really great bosses that was my first souls like dark souls game um and i you know i love a lot of those bosses i think nameless king is one of the coolest bosses i've ever fought and he kicked my shit for like two weeks it was one of the worst experiences ever he was the one that i stood up at the tv and yelled at by the way nameless
2: Um, is my favorite boss of all time
0: but um i don't know i mean i think bloodborne has such a a special spot because of um because of the you know the unique combat mechanics the trick weapons Uh, are amazing and I wish that they would bring that back in some factor or form uh, you know in the future no I I just I, I think it's important to kind of look at the game for what it is and realize you know I don't know if maybe they should make another one just leave it alone just give us a 60 FPS update who knows
3: release it for pc please please god yeah. <laughs> just, that's all i want no yeah. sequels just release it I for know. PC.
0: we're all gonna die of old age before that happens but i, th- I think what i
1: are... loved about it the most was like uh the, the evolution of uh the, the formula and and seeing the formula change that they'd obviously built with demon souls and then brought dark souls and then to see them uh take that formula forward with, with a new theme and then make make it blend together basically like with the theme with their existing knowledge of like combat systems and then like okay how can we weave these themes into into uh, into this gameplay loop that we've kind of perfected by that point you know
0: yeah but it's very much its own thing which is so yeah, cool yeah, to yeah. see them like set it apart and still be that
2: same great from it feels combat the most experience. accessible
1: version as well like yeah to me it does it that's what it was the first soulsborne game that i played so
2: All FromSoft games are unique. Like, each series is unique in its own way. But I think out of all of them, I mean, the the sub-series, you want to call them like Sekiro or not. But I think Bloodborne is the most unique with the insight system and the rally system. Like, there's so many little things that kind of compound on to where I think Bloodborne will stand out in the whole FromSoft, you know, world as being one of the games. Like, oh, you... Oh, you're, you are like Bloodborne? I mean, we're doing a whole episode about Bloodborne. That's how much, you know, that game sticks out to us. We need to do a Dark Souls 3 episode. You know, we're doing Bloodborne, you know, right?
0: But we are going to do a Dark Souls episode. Don't worry. <laughs> you guys are invited because it's one of my favorites. Oh, we're going um, to have through it again. <laughs> for me, I'm at curious least. Because, just because I can't remember, and I, we're going to wrap the show up here in just a second, but Bloodborne is also the only one that is a first-party title, right? Or is Demon Souls PlayStation only, too?
1: playstation only PlayStation as well On PlayStation PlayStation it, exclusive. okay yeah
0: because so i was going to say i wonder if like maybe part of the mystique is the fact that it's the, like not as accessible as some of the some of the other ones because sekiro is if i had to argue uniqueness it's probably the most unique out of all of them right yeah. uh yeah. It, it's it's that beat saber you know I mean, like it's <laughs> it's uh it's a timing mechanic but um no i i, I think um yeah, Bloodborne. Bloodborne still, still uh, near and dear to me. But, um, guys, thanks for joining us and and for chatting. Uh, we had a really good tragedy. time.
2: Yeah, of course. Hey, th- thanks again for coming on. Uh, we'll m- put you guys' uh, Twitter information in the uh, feed for the show. Remember to follow us on Twitter. And until next time, see you guys later.